welcome once again to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. My name is Chris Levine, and it's my absolute pleasure to hang out with you today. Today's a fun one. Uh, let me go back to high school with this, to an experiment that my psychology class did as homework. It was pretty interesting. This is what you would do. You would go to a bench, like say a bus stop, and you'd sit right in the middle of it. Later, you'd sit on one side, but still towards the middle of it. Still later, you'd sit all the way at the end of it, where like three-fourths of the bench was available for someone else. Well, these were the findings. We found that if you sat in the middle, you owned that bench. Unless someone was really bold and they were strong enough to ask to sit down, most wouldn't try. If you sat to the side, but slightly towards the middle, generally it was the same outcome. But if you were way off to the side, someone might go way to the other side and share the bench with you. Now, this was an object lesson in a few areas. Trust is something that factors in here, personal space too, but also the topic that we'll be hitting this time around, which is body language. You see, by sitting in the middle of that bench, you are essentially saying that this bench is mine and I don't want someone to sit near me. Physically, you're saying that. You may not feel that way, but that's the way it looks. You may also, through your body language, appear defiant or almost like you are daring someone to sit there. Even again, if you have no problem with somebody actually doing so. Now, if you're off to the side, but still a little bit toward the middle, it appeared like you might be wanting to evaluate who you would let sit by you on a person-to-person -person basis. Like you're, you're open to the idea of it, but you have to see them first. And if you sat all the way to the end, you are saying, hey, I have no problem sharing this bench. Come on and sit down. Interesting. If you also face the side, like maybe with your legs off the side end of the bench, you're back to the person, you're essentially saying, yes, you can sit here, but leave me alone. The fact is, we send messages to people all the time, even without our words. And like we discussed earlier just now, we may not feel that way about any of those things. We may have just sat down and not thought about it. But that's what the body language tells other people. That's what we're going to be talking about today is body language. We don't even have to use words to express certain things. Think, for example, of you ever seen the animated lamp that comes with the Pixar movies? It kind of jumps onto the screen. Now, this lamp doesn't talk. It shouldn't talk. But through the way it's animated, we see feelings. And it can even be touching to watch. And this is a lamp. If an animated lamp can induce feelings from us without saying a word, surely, even if they're not doing so on purpose, people can too without saying a word. Here's another example. Say you're interviewing someone for a job and you smile. You make eye contact and you're reasonably relaxed. This is going to help to ease the tension in the room. But now imagine if you lean back in your chair, you don't smile, you cross your arms. 
no matter what you say, your body language is making a statement. It's like you're saying, okay, pal, prove to me that you deserve this job. And that too will be felt in the air of that room. Now, body language is very real. In fact, the 2012 TED Talk entitled, Your Body Shapes Who You Are, at the time that this was written, was the second most popular TED Talk ever. Very, very interesting to a lot of people. Countless television shows and movies show detectives picking up on signs when interrogating the potential bad guys. And they themselves may be using body language skills to purposely control the interrogation. There's a website called the Psychology Compass, and they had an interesting piece on all of this called the Definitive Body Language Guide on Reading Other People. I'm going to give you some of the highlights from it. The first point is knowing how to know if someone is interested and engaged in what you're saying. I'm going to read it directly here. It says, be on the lookout for subtle behaviors that indicate interest and engagement. For example, it says people will often lean forward with their body toward your general direction, but they won't hold a rigidly held torso position. Instead, their body will be more relaxed and composed. They'll show signs of positive emotion, including the expression of a real smile. It says, not a fake smile, but a real smile, often nodding their head yes, and eyes slightly open in a positive surprise kind of look. They will show signs of attentiveness both in their body and on their face. This can be an upright posture or like no slouching and maybe even more animated gesturing. Their pupils will be slightly dilated, which is the brain's way of saying, take in as much of this as possible. They might also have a furrowed brow, the activation of the eyebrow muscle, like they're really paying attention to you. Here's also a big one in this world of body language. It's one that a lot of people look up and a lot of people are very interested in. How to tell if someone is lying. Now, research has proven many times over that people are generally quite good at covering up lies when it comes to their actual speech. But it's in the nonverbal cues where the truth comes out. Remember, most people have little control over the subtle nonverbal behaviors that they have. Uh, so if you want to spot a liar, look out for certain things. For example, their body, their torso, their limbs will appear more rigid and tense and with more restricted mobility. Here's an interesting one, too. It says that they will show a reduced blink rate. Now, we, we normally blink around 21 blinks per minute. A low blink rate is considered roughly half that, maybe 7 to 10 blinks per minute. Studies indicate that criminals who lie during interrogation blink a lot less. Politicians who blink less during speeches are liked less by the public, even if they're not aware of it for that reason. The reason this happens is because lying is effortful and it requires cognitive energy, which means less energy goes to the eye blinking muscles. But then, and this is interesting, finally, after speaking a lie, you'll notice that their blinking will show a rebound effect with very, very high blink rates. 
Another interesting aside, it mentions that psychopaths are the real exceptions here. As expert liars, they have better control over their verbal and nonverbal behaviors. And they're also better than normal folks at noticing when somebody else is lying. So they have the ability to deceive and manipulate people for their own benefit. And I love this point too. It states that this is important to consider as there are plenty of quote, executive psychopaths in the business and entrepreneurial worlds. In fact, one study found that roughly one in five senior level managers possess clinically significant psychopathic traits. <laughs> that means in the general population, it's about one in a hundred, but it's one in five in senior management. I don't know about you. And yes, this is Chris talking, not the article, but I find that both easily possible and very funny. The site Very Well Mind says, and I think this is the direction we're going to head for the remainder of this podcast. It says, understanding body language can go a long way toward helping you better communicate with others and interpreting what others might be trying to convey. But while it may be tempting to pick apart signals one by one, it's important to look at these nonverbal verbal signals in relation to verbal communication, other nonverbal signals, and the situation. In other words, this doesn't always work. Body language doesn't always ring true. It's almost like verbal language. Let's say I was in a hurry and I said something like, I'm jumping in the store and headed for the car. Let you process that for a minute. Well, some may need that minute to process what you meant. Most will get it. They know you meant you're jumping in the car and you're headed for the store, even though you said you were jumping in the store and headed for the car. Uh, how many people do you think would say, wait a minute, what did they mean jumping in the store? Why would they jump in a store? Would a store allow a grown person in it to jump all over the place? Most people wouldn't think that. They know you slipped. They know you simply said the wrong thing. They know what you meant. Similarly, we shouldn't read body language as a definitive statement. In a lot of cases, yes, we can pick up on things, but there are exceptions. Let's say a person hurt their shoulder and the most comfortable position for them is to cross their arms. Are they blocking you? Are they challenging you? Are they being defiant? They could be, but then again, it might just simply be the most comfortable position that they can hold their arms. And none of that might be true. So let's close this way. We should realize that we can send messages without our words both good and bad, both positive and negative. So we should try to be somewhat conscious of ourselves. At the same time, we shouldn't harshly judge based on perception only. You know, people sometimes say, well, looks like a duck, walks like a duck, must be a duck. And there's truth in this, probably a good percentage of the time. But keep this in mind, and you can quote me if you want. If something walks like a duck, it might not be a duck. It might actually be Chuck Berry. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist that will musically illustrate our topic. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast, Body Language, You Talking to Me, 
playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash Body Language. You talking to me? Playlist. So let's get into it. Track number one, Into Your Arms by the Lemonheads. Years ago, I interviewed a founding member of this band named Ben. He was a, he was a really animated guy. He was a nice guy. He wanted to form another band called Varsity Drag. So that's Into Your Arms by the Lemonheads. Number two, Our Lips Are Sealed by the Go-Go's. I could have gone hipster here. And, and, and it could have gone with the Fun Boy 3 version of this song. But let's just face it. The Go-Go's version is perhaps the perfect pop song. So we're going with that one. Number three, Look Away by the Apples in Stereo. Number four, Eyes Without a Face by Billy Idol. Number five is Everyone Hides by Wilco. Number six is Touch Me by The Doors. Number seven is Relax by Vacations. Number eight is Body Language by In Excess. Their drummer, John Ferris, was kind enough to grant me an interview a while ago. He was a good guy, too. Number nine is My Spine is the Baseline by Shriekback. And number 10, Turn Your Back on Me by the Psychedelic Furs. If you've never heard this, great song. Check this one out. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash Body Language. You talking to me? Playlist. We once again can note some awesome new listeners to our show. So here we go. Drum roll. Big hello to our new listeners in Ontario, Canada. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to Refresher. If you swinging cats and kittens could all do me a favor, please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast up and running, if you would like, and only if you would like, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you are so inclined, that would be excellent. But whether you do or whether you don't, feel free to listen and enjoy this anytime. It is yours either way, and have fun with it. Also, if you think it can benefit somebody, pass it along. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor. And remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time.